my feeble attempts to learn guitar over the years, my fingers have never gotten over the initial developing of the calluses to make it actually a thing that is not radically painful to do. Right. Yeah. It's definitely, I mean, like when you're talking about discipline with something like guitar, like it's, it's not just a mental thing. Like it's like the mental thing is a big part of it, but you're literally like change. Like even now when I'm learning like more extended advanced kind of techniques and stuff, it's like literally making your hand do a thing that it's like stretching in a certain way that it would never stretch without you doing it. And then like kind of developing muscle, little tiny bitty muscles in your hand that wouldn't, that you don't need. So, you know what I mean? So it's like, you're literally changing your hand. Like I remember, uh, I watched a video one time, I don't know if it was a TED talk or something, but it was something, somebody talking about just what happens to your hand when you learn guitar. And it was awesome. They were like, you, you literally are changing the physiology of your hand. Welcome to the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And I'm just Kiefer. And today we are pumped because we're continuing in this wilderness journey. And today we're going to talk about discipline. Pumped. Not so much. Not so much. Just as a reminder for everybody, we are on this journey through the wilderness and, and looking at the experience of wilderness, whether it's literal wilderness or spiritual wilderness and many of the stages that show up over the course of time as we encounter uh, wilderness seasons. Over the last couple of weeks, we've looked at a season of complaint, a season of meltdown, and we've had a conversation about God's provision and God's place in the midst of this season of wilderness. And today we are moving to discipline. And, and although uh, Melissa and Kiefer may not be as fully pumped about it as I am today, <laughs> we, we are going to have that kind of conversation. And I think it's really interesting as we move into this season uh, of talking about discipline, uh, it may be a thing where we kind of have one notion in our head. Right. And I think it'd be helpful to talk about what we're actually wrestling with, because when we say discipline, the, the notion that comes to mind, we, we talked about a nun last week on the podcast, but the vision of discipline that comes to mind is the nun with the ruler ready to whack your hand in, in Catholic school for talking too much, right? Uh, and so that may be why we're not super pumped about discipline in general. Uh, Melissa, in a few short words, if you had to kind of help us contextualize this concept of discipline within the experience of wilderness, uh, would it be the nun whacking your hand or is it something different? Well, there's two different things. One, yes, very much the like, you're going to get whacked with the ruler on the back of the hands. But the 
The other kind is just like, you know, burpees. I hate burpees. Like that is the worst work. So it's like the discipline of knowing that like burpees are good for my body to do the push up and the, you know, hop up and the hop to the sky kind of thing. And then go back down and repeat. It's like, but the discipline of actually wanting to do them that's a whole nother thing. Like, so I think there's those two images mm. of the burpees and the nun that's going to hit you in the back of the hand. So what, what I hear you naming is like discipline as an action that happens to you, right? Being disciplined. Yes. And discipline as a practice within you mm-hmm. that allows you to, to grow, even if it is challenging or trying. And I think there's times that those two things can go hand in hand a bit. Like, because I think there's a bit of like, um, so I, I Googled it, very official. Um, okay. When you Google the word discipline, right? It, the word is the practice of training people to obey rules or a code of behavior, sometimes using punishment to correct disobedience. Okay. So I think there's something really powerful in that, right? Like there's something very powerful about practicing things that like you do want to obey a certain set of rules or a code of behavior or you know like those things that you want to and the second is a branch of knowledge typically one studied in higher education so which i think that's like which it to me that actually makes sense when you look at the first um definition of discipline to think about those higher education disciplines that you would get into because they are the product of following the set of rules of taking the time to study and really know them that you can reach this really deep level of doing those disciplines. Mm. Uh, what I think is interesting in both spaces is the, the presence of our free choice and the responsibility and outcomes that come with that. Right. Um, usually the, the nun slapping your hands kind of discipline comes as an outflow of a choice that has been made. Right. right. Yeah. So too does the depth of learning and wholeness that can come through either spiritual disciplines or academic disciplines or different kinds of disciplines. They're an outflow of human choices that are made. Kiefer, as you're sitting on the podcast, I can't help but think of, you know, as one of the most gifted guitarists I know, uh, my feeble attempts to learn guitar over the years, my fingers have never gotten over the initial developing of the calluses to make it actually a thing that is not radically painful to do. Right. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, like when you're talking about discipline with something like guitar, like it's, it's not just a mental thing like it's like the mental thing is a big part of it but you're literally like change like even now when i'm learning like more extended advanced kind of techniques and stuff it's like literally making your hand do a thing that it like stretching in a certain way that it would never stretch without you doing it and then like kind of developing muscle little tiny bitty muscles in your hand that wouldn't that you don't need so you know what i mean so it's like you're literally changing your hand like i remember uh, i watched a video one time i don't know if it was a ted talk or something but it was something somebody talking about just what happens to your hand when you learn guitar and it was awesome they were like you you literally are changing the physiology of your hand because mm. you have to stretch and like i mean like it's your hand does not like look and move the same after you spend an ample amount of time um learning to 
to play guitar like the further and further you go with it like me, me learning to use my thumb i remember there was a time like where that just hurt like and mm. didn't feel right and now i can't imagine playing without it like it's a so i i feel i do feel like my hand is different than it was before like it actually changed that's my problem. I just have all too normal hands. We're, we're, we're just too normal. Every, well, everybody uh, does have normal hands. Yeah, it's the, it's. I don't think I was anything special. It's the. It's just kind of where we put our. I I couldn't go to seminary. So hats off to both of you for doing for yeah. for going through that discipline. Uh, I don't know that I could have read and written that much in such a short amount of time, a relatively short amount of time. Yeah. So. I think it's funny that, you know, to go back to the hand changing for the guitar kind of thing. Like I can remember when I played the flute a lot, like I had a like dent in my, um, one of my fingers from the way that I held the flute and that the flute just got so used to resting there mm. that, you know, your finger changes and like the way I can still stretch out a pinky is I know because of playing the flute and the ability to move back and forth yeah. between the extended um, mm. presses that you have on the flute to be able to play. Um, mm. So it's so interesting how that happens. You know, I think, you know, going back to our nun imagery for a second, right. I think a lot of times when we start mm. to talk about disciplining God, we get the, the nun that's going to smack you on the back of the hands image. And we have like an angry man, like white man, large white beard, like in Zeus. around him. Yeah. You have yeah. Zeus. Exactly. Zeus with lightning bolts. Exactly. Yeah. He's going to smite you. But is that, I mean, I know what our answer is, but like, I, what, what are we trying to say about the kind of discipline that we need to have in a wilderness season? Hmm. Well, I think there's, we spent a lot of time last week talking about awareness when it came to provision, right? And, and awareness of where God is at work and where uh, things have been, you know, paths have been made straight where um, provision has happened. I think from a discipline in the wilderness standpoint, there's also an awareness of, of the choices we are actively making, right? Because sometimes in a wilderness, one of the things that leads us to complaint and meltdown is that we feel powerless, right? We feel overwhelmed by what is there. Like we can't do anything right in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic. I'm not an epidemiologist. Y'all aren't epidemiologists. We can't develop a vaccine. We can't sell public health policy. We can't do so many things. We can't even make our neighbors wear a mask when they come up to our door, right? Um, there's so many things we can't do in that powerlessness can um, make us feel as though um, yeah. our choices don't matter. Right? right. Um, but I think an awareness, you know, piggybacking on our awareness last week of God's action, I think in wilderness season, discipline can, can take the form of being aware of the choices we make and the ways our choices are reflective of God's hopes and God's dreams and God's sort of uh, vision for life. You know, ways that build up rather than tear down, ways that, you know, um, positively influence the collective rather than, you know, or individualistic in nature um, hmm. versus, you know, choices that we think only impact us, but may actually ultimately impact others. Yeah. Um, 
And so I, I think there's that, that being aware of the choice, like our choices in the discipline side of things, um, right. because we can, can feel like, you know, to go back to the Zeus image, you know, God is smiting us and it's completely outside of our control. Right. And there are certainly things that are outside of our control. Like individually, we can't control this pandemic, but there are other things that are just outflows, consequences, responses to choices that we make. Right. And cultivating discipline in the wilderness is being aware of the choices that we have made and have control over and being aware of the ways they might be impacting our day to day life. I absolutely think that's so right. Like, I think the result of the Zeus image is when we're unaware of our free will choices. And Mm. then we look for a rationale looking back at like, well, how did I end up here? Mm. Oh, it must be because there's an angry God, which I think so undercuts the grace (laughs) of who God is. Mm. Rather, I think like to kind of go back to the burpee thought, like, I think, God in the wilderness, like there is a disciplinarian that like God does want us to be able to survive and even thrive in whatever situations we're in, even if that's in the wilderness. And I think God in those instances is disciplinarian is more like the trainer that Mm. you might hate as the trainer is telling you to do like just you know just 20 burpees what is that like and then somehow you've done a hundred by the time you're done with it right but like five sets of 20 it's all good yeah right exactly but god is more of the one that's saying these are the things you need to do Mm. to 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 do this well to be in the wilderness well um like you need to take the walk for your mental health to get out of the house. Like Mm -hmm. if you're in quarantine and working from home, you need to have time where you turn off the TV, like whatever those things may be. I think God's voice is the one that offers us the intentionality to say, come spend time in prayer, come Mm -hmm. spend time in nature, come spend time in silence, those kinds of things that like, there's the, in the wilderness, especially, well, any season, we can, there's self-care, but there's a lot of things that we call self-care that are actually self-indulgence. Mm. Yeah. So it's the junk food. You, you mean my, my trips to my favorite bakery aren't self-care? <laughs> uh, well, I don't understand. You know, it depends. Um, How many times a week are you doing the trips? <laughs> yeah, numbers <laughs> don't matter. Numbers don't matter. <laughs> I think I think this is the this is a very seven conversation. When does self care become indulgence? Type thing is very like. I this is the line that I have to go back and forth over all the time. I'm like, okay, was that was that one or four too many TV episodes <laughs> today? You know, like I know I needed a a brain break, you know, over the weekend, but was that too much of a brain, you know, things, things like that. This is definitely a conversation I've had with myself often. Well, and I love that you named that you've had that conversation with yourself often because sometimes wilderness series seasons and, and uh, series of events in life reveal to us those patterns that we have where we're prone to make those same mistakes over and over again, right? Where the circumstance of everything else highlights and lifts up for us in, in some ways that builds awareness of those things that we do again and again and again and again, right? Would you we say we scripts? are prone to wander? <laughs> prone to wander, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Lord, I feel That's actually you. a really good yes. hymn for, for uh, this series. This, it is. It, it kind of yeah. goes through all of the... 
it could be very much inspired by the people of Israel, right? Because mm-hmm. in the Exodus journey, we, we've mentioned the Back to Egypt committee any number of times over the course of this podcast series, but they show up any number of times over the course of the narrative. And, and, and then, you know, as soon as they get to the promised land and feels like things are settled, then we get into the kings or the judges and then, the, you know, and judges, you want to talk about a cycle of people making the same kind of mistake over and over and over and over and over again. You know, it, it's that kind of cyclical thing. And it just makes, you know, when you, as, as the omniscient reader, right. The people who know how the story ends and know the choices people are supposed to make, you go, come on people. Um, but it can also lift up an invitation to compassion within us as well. Um, because there are those places in our lives, whether it's an extra TV show, an extra slice of cake, an extra burpee, because some people are actually wired that way. Um, yeah. Where we engage in things that don't lead to um, our connection to God's hopes and dreams for our lives and the thriving that comes with that um, because we make the same mistake over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, Hopefully at some point learning from the mistakes yeah which I mean I think like Kiefer you know you brought up the conversation like you've had the conversation in your head of like self-care versus self-indulgence kind of thing right and I think a bit of that is like there's some growing pain and or maybe not growing pain but there's there's the same kind of pain that you experience after going to the gym like the same kind of like pain can be experienced in the wilderness as we're strengthening ourselves to live out of Mm. disciplines that better help us survive the wilderness. Yeah. I could, I could see that. That makes sense. Yeah. And then that pain ultimately builds more complete. I mean, the gym example is because most of burpees have never been the thing that kills me, but plank ups. Have you done plank ups before? Yes. You're, you're planking okay. on your elbows, then you push okay. up, and then you're back down, and you push. I, ha- I have literally tweeted, if you check my Twitter, scroll through the history. <laughs> if anybody invites you to uh, do a plank up, you have free pastoral permission to quote Jesus and say, get behind me, Satan. Um, <laughs> six because, feet behind me in this season? Huh? <laughs> I said six feet behind me in this season. Six feet behind me, yes. Uh, and Because for the longest time, there were – you know, plenty of seasons where there were things that I could do, you know, the push-up wasn't a problem, the plank wasn't a problem, managing to connect my body to do those (laughs) all at the same time hurt and was hard and I didn't like it, right? Mm -hmm. And yet the person who made me consistently do those ultimately over time became a good family friend, became a good connection and over time. You started more as like your enemy in your mind. <laughs> well, especially when they mentioned plank ups. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and, and it, in it over the course of several months, I went from literally tweeting you, anybody who says this can say, get behind me, Satan to, to turning to April one night and going, you know, they weren't that bad today. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you've turned a corner. Right. It, but that's that kind of, redemptive growth. And, and that's very much talking about a physical muscular buildup of um, uh, strength and endurance and, and that kind of thing. But and the I same, love, Oh, go ahead. No, but the same thing happens within our, um, within our spirits and within our 
uh, emotional lives and, and sort of sometimes the pain of the repeat negative choices can ultimately lead, if we allow it, to be kind of redemptive, right? To be kind of uh, a learning place and a place of, of growth, ultimately, that we become um, more fully who God created us to be over time because of the choices that we have kind of failed to make over an extended period. So I love a good metaphor all day, every day, but I do think this is one of the places where it can get a little murky. So I wonder like removing it out of our gym metaphor, like okay. but still taking that concept of like, if we do these things over and over, we will be strengthened. We will be more disciplined. God will move from being Zeus in the sky disciplinarian to the trainer. That's the good family friend. Right. Um, God who God, longs to be in our lives. So what are some of the practical things we can do when we find ourselves, not just in this wilderness season, but really any wilderness season that are going to strengthen those um, spiritual, emotional, um, mental um, muscles within us? I think part of what comes, and Kiefer, I don't want to cut off. I want to hear from you here in a second too. Mm -hmm. The consistency of the gym metaphor applies mm. to spiritual disciplines as well. Yeah. Um, you know, there have been seasons where, you know, in, in prayer and in reflection, I have longed for to to feel like I'm hearing a word from God, right? Or to have that expression be something that is like I feel a connection. I feel, you know, and and the times, at least for me, where the longing has been the greatest and the experience has been the lightest. Uh -huh. It's when my engagement with the discipline has been the most inconsistent. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. It's as if, you mean, again, I know the metaphors have limits, but if I were to go to try to run a eight minute mile today, uh -huh. I would be dying. <laughs> okay. Give me four months. Yeah. No problem. Maybe five, but, um, you know, anything less than eight minute mile, I'm going to be dying period. But, um, but build the discipline, you build the time. I think one of the other things for me that when, when the consistency is there, I end up trying more different types of prayer. I know we did a whole series on different types of prayer over mm -hmm. uh, the course of the summer, right? Looking at different spiritual disciplines. When I'm more consistently engaged, my own kind of spiritual ADD uh, pushes me to try different disciplines so that I'm not doing the same thing every day, every day, yeah. right? But in the multiplicity of those spiritual disciplines, there comes greater connection in depth too, right? So when the, the breath prayer of one day is combined with prayers for intercession the next day, combined with Lectio Divina the next, the holistic bit of it uh, gives power uh, in a connection in a, in a bigger and deeper way. Um, just like if you went to the gym and only worked your biceps, <laughs> because you wanted to have the gun show ready for summer, right? Um, you might have good biceps, but you'd look ridiculous. You're going to look like Gru from uh, Despicable Me by the end of it. Right, right. You're going to look ridiculous. Um, and you're not going to have, you may, you're not going to have any kind of functional health or strength attached to it, right? Yeah. It's going to be purely for show. So consistency and variety for me of, yeah. intentional attempts to engage um, and connect to God have been really helpful 
um, as I seek to grow in a wilderness season. What about you, Kiefer? Some, something about discipline that I've been thinking about a lot, like probably the newest practice. I mean, guitar, guitar, I still am very, I would say I have a lot of discipline in um, and I play daily and I try to not just, you know, do what I'm good at. And I try to learn often with, with stuff, but the other area, the other, that's that I would consider that an old discipline of mine though. Like I've, I've been doing that since I was in, you know, middle school and the newest discipline that I can think of in my life has been probably meditation. The most consistent one that I've like introduced yeah. into my life. And there, uh, I don't know if this is necessarily different than the gym metaphor, but something that I've been thinking of like this whole conversation is when you do something like meditation, like it's such a different discipline than I've ever encountered before because I mean, a it's, 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 it's very inactive. Like it's, it's, the discipline comes in just sitting and, being. you know, be, being, yeah. And so part of what I've had to learn through meditation is just like, um, the, this quality of the only thing, I'm not trying to achieve anything. I'm trying to, you know, note just how crazy my brain is. Like I, when I, when I sit down, like the point is to sit down, you know, not necessarily try to clear your mind, but try to maybe focus on a thing and then your brain wanders and part of the process is going, Oh, look, my brain's want, you know, like that's part of the discipline is just kind of being aware of, of uh, who you are. And I'm, and I, and I don't know what's different about that than um, I, I don't know, like how to, or I know there is a difference. I don't know how to necessarily put words to what the difference is um, between that and like what we're talking about, but there's just, I think that I guess the point would be whenever you do something uh, that requires like a good amount of discipline, like have knowing what you're, what, like having an intention and like what you're knowing kind of the problems you're trying to solve or whether or not you can solve the problem through what you're doing. You know, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> There's uh, some like in, so in our culture, it is so, um, what can you produce? Like what you can produce is like the worth or value of who you are. Right. And so meditation is so countercultural because it says the, you are worthy to just be. Mm. And I think the, like the really powerful thing in wilderness that meditation then offers us is that when we just be, um, we don't have to have the answers. We don't have to be in control of the wilderness that we're in because the wilderness situation that we're in is, is we went is, to go back to what we've said before. We're not epidemiologists. We can't solve this. It's out of our control, but meditation is the permission to say, I, I can't control that, but I can observe and notice these things. Hmm. Yeah. Back down again to kind of where we started Kiefer with the power of our freedom and our choice um, and, and the invitation that we have to use that, um, you know, to throw complaints or meltdowns that, you know, happen very, you know, naturally and normally in the midst of wilderness, but also to, to build up the, the spiritual muscle that will help you kind of make your way through and ultimately to, um, the fifth stage, which we're going to talk about next week, which is growth itself, right? Mm. Um, you know, if discipline gives you the ability to make those choices consistently that kind of lay the foundation for what can be a season of growth.
Thank you for joining us today on the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor Melissa. And I'm just Kiefer. And uh, if you're enjoying this conversation as much as I am, this series that we're in about wilderness and uh, complaint and discipline and growth and all the things that we're talking about, um, then we want to bring as many people into this conversation as possible. And you can help us do that by liking uh, or leaving a comment or leaving a review based on what platform you're listening on. Um, and also by sharing this episode on your social medias and uh, maybe telling people what you liked about the conversation and, and trying to bring more people in. Cause again, that's our goal is to uh, keep this conversation going and make it as big as we can. Amen. And now that we have gathered together as a family today, I want to give you an invitation to grow. And the invitation today is simple. Make one choice each day for the next week of where you will choose to connect to God in the wilderness. Maybe you pray, maybe you sing, maybe you meditate, but make the choice each day for the next seven days and see how God can use that repetitive choice in your life. And now go, receive this benediction, this blessing that's meant to be lived out this week. God is with you in the wilderness. God is with you in the wilderness. God is with you in the wilderness. Amen. 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 Amen.